1: Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. Tony Harry Styles reportedly has shaved his head. Tony
2: Kornheiser, wow, so I look even more like him now. Uh, not exactly. Are you a Harry Styles guy? Do you download I have to Harry Styles'
1: biggest hits?
2: I, To be honest, I'm not as familiar with Mr. Styles' Ubra as I should be. Okay. Um, so no, are you?
1: No. Okay. I mean, the pop stars who are huge stars, yeah. like Travis Kelsey's girlfriend, what's her name? I don't, I haven't downloaded any of her music. I know she's a big yeah. star, and apparently she's everyone the, who sees her in concert star, says she's the best. She's great. The greatest. Yeah, Harry she's great. Styles, I, she's you know, great. I don't
2: know. Well, we'll get him to come to your house, or one of your okay. houses soon. <laughs> Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, Bryce Young struggles. The Edmonton Oilers stink, and the San Francisco 49ers could lose their fourth in a row. But we begin today with the Big Ten's punishment of Michigan for allegedly stealing signals via in-person advanced scouting. The conference today found the team in violation of the rules and has banned Jim Harbaugh from games through the end of the regular season, though he will be allowed to coach the team during the week. Wilbon, unbeaten Michigan plays 10th-ranked Penn State tomorrow at Penn State, and then top-ranked
1: Ohio State in two weeks. What do you think of the Big Ten's punishment and why? Well, Tony, you know, this whole time, we've been talking about this pretty much every day, either on this show or you and I via text or phone conversations, and I think it's a little on the extreme side, and and I'm not in denial about what Harbaugh and Michigan did. The notion that he didn't know, I, I don't know that I'm buying that at all, But regardless of that, Tony, the the notion of stealing signals rising to the point where it could be so important that you could suspend the coach, the head coach of the the best team in the Big Ten during a Big Ten football season and he not be on the sideline tomorrow. Because unlike the earlier self-imposed penalty, you know, where Harbaugh – you know, and it was self-imposed, could be involved to an extent. He would not be again on the sideline tomorrow at Penn State. Now, there can be injunctive relief. We could have things happen between now and kickoff that would allow Jim Harbaugh to be on the sideline. But my mind automatically jumps ahead. One, I think the team will rally both at Penn State and wherever else Jim Harbaugh is not allowed to work. If it comes to that, I believe this Michigan State, this Michigan team is the best team in the conference, and they will rally to this point. And, Tony, I think it's over for Jim Harbaugh in college football. These are his peers. The coaches and the athletic directors of -hmm. the Big Ten have done this to Jim Harbaugh. It's, It's time to go, and I would think the NFL would be the place he'd have to go. So you and I
2: agree on one and we disagree on another. The one we disagree on, my first reaction to this, was I think it will hurt Michigan in its pursuit of the national championship. Okay. I think not having Harbaugh on the sidelines will definitely hurt them. Two, I think that Harbaugh has just become much more attractive to the NFL than he was three hours ago, okay? And people are going to figure he's going to be gone. My third reaction, though, is to me the most important one. They better have direct linkage that Jim Harbaugh knew about these signals being stolen. They better have direct testimony or they better have physical evidence on a phone linking him to this. Because if they don't and they are singling him out and not the school, not the team, not the assistant coaches who may have benefited from stolen signals. If they're doing that, I think that is ridiculously unfair. We're obviously going to see a lawsuit. They're going to try and get an injunction. It is possible that a judge might say, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not stepping in here because you're in a private association, the Big Ten, with your own rules. And I don't have purview over this, but I suspect if they do it in Ann Arbor, someplace like that, they will get relief. I am sort of surprised that they allowed Harbaugh, and the entire team to go to Penn State. I mean, we we're hearing all day this was well, going was to be announced in already. the early afternoon. And it yeah. wasn't announced in the early afternoon. It's the meat of the story now, and I appreciate that part. But unlike you, Mike,
1: I, I think it hurts them for the national championship. I do. I, Tony, Tony maybe, maybe it will. I, I, again, I'm not looking all the way to the national championship. I think it, it will be fine for them at Penn State. I think they will rally and yeah. beat the Daylights out of Penn State. I think they can beat Ohio State the same way. They're better in the games in Ann Arbor. Now, I'm Maybe. not going beyond that. Look, I don't know what the they've been better than every look other like team. and what that will bring.
2: When this story broke, they played two mm-hmm. games since. They beat Michigan State 49-0. Not well, they beat Purdue 41-13. So, they, have, they haven't been
1: hurt by the deliberate leaks that we have not seen. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Ugh. Thursday night football gave us the aesthetically unpleasing event that many of us expected. The Bears eked out a 16-13 win, which you could spin as a product of a strengthened Bears defense or a really weak Panthers offense. Bryce Young and the Carolina offense put up just 213 yards and 12 first downs across nine drives, reached the red zone just one time. The Panthers famously picked Bryce Young, ahead of C.J. Stroud, who's been lighting the league up. Tony, is it fair to hold Young and Stroud, both rookies, to the same standard?
2: It's absolutely fair to do that. They were picked back-to-back. They were both picked by teams with bad records who had hired new coaches. In the case of Bryce Young, Carolina hired Frank Reich, a quarterback's coach. In the case of C.J. Stroud, Houston hired um, D'Amico Ryan's right, do I have that name right, who was a defensive guy, he worked for the 49ers, right? Worked for the 49ers. I think there's an advantage that Bryce Young had in the fact that he was going to a team that had seven wins. The Houston team only had three wins, three thirteen and one Carolina had seven, and he was going to a coach who specifically was tailored to him. So what have we got? Well, we've got C.J. Stroud with the fourth rating around the entire league among quarterbacks, and we've got Bryce Young ranked, I believe, 29th. That's a huge disparity, Mike. And, and Stroud has outperformed him in vast ways. I am not, yeah. saying, I'm not saying that Bryce Young won't be very good someday, but he ain't very good now,
1: and the other kid is. No, he's not, Tony. This, it's stark, the comparison right now let me just say, so I did not watch last night's game even featuring my team. Did not watch it. Um, but I watched the whole post game from Young. And I, I find him really easy to root for. I found him to be that at Alabama yes. with no, no yes. rooting interest in Alabama. He's just, he's, he's the kid you want representing you whether it's your company, your team, your city, your family. And I, I, I find it easy to root for him, even though I wasn't rooting for him last night because the Bears have their pick, and I need a Carolina to lose that game. But, Tony, yes, they're going to be judged that way. That's what sports is, judgment. It's not unfair, Mike. It's not, it's not it, unfair. Not only is it not unfair, one guy, it's required. One guy has his team, one guy has
2: his team at 4-4, four and four, and the other guy has his team at 1-8. and eight. Yeah, One guy required. has 14 touchdown yeah. passes and one interception, and the other yeah. guy has eight and seven. Come yeah. on, it's fair. It's not, it's not the end judgment, but it's no. fair it'll, now. It'll be ongoing, on, too. It's going to be ongoing. That's right. The Edmonton Oilers have been playing like the Carolina Panthers of the NHL. The Oilers lost to the dreadful San Jose Sharks last night to fall to 2-9-1 and on the season. Superstar Conor McDavid has not scored a goal in his last seven games. Leon Draisaitl has scored just one in his last nine. The Oilers entered the season as a Stanley Cup favorite. Wilbon, should their slow start
1: be a big concern, a little concern, or no concern? Well, Tony, in that league, where they fire coaches, like, it, you know, they'll fire coaches going into the playoffs in that yep. league. The NHL, they're not, they're not messing around. So it's, it's got to be a big concern it has to be and and just the fact that Connor McDavid hasn't scored in seven games and he and Drysdale and Evander Kane i mean these are big stars in the NHL on a team that has been to a conference final but people think should be beyond that and should have if not won one at least already be in the Stanley Cup final and and to 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 start off this way tony to lose like this to the worst team in the league it just, it seems to me that there's going to be major shakeups coming in Edmonton. And I like, you know, before they can figure out the Jim Harbaugh situation, there may be a shakeup in Edmonton. Well, I mean,
2: we've seen hockey coaches fired all the time. And the hockey coach there now is Jay Woodcroft. And he's probably pretty good, Mike. You know why? Because when he was interim a couple of years ago, he was 26-9-3 and and he got his team to the finals of the conference. And last yeah. year they had 109 points, which was second in the West. And the team they lost to in the playoffs ended up winning the Stanley Cup. There's got to be a, a huge concern about this. Connor McDavid has less goals than Connor Bedard. Connor McDavid's two goals tie him for 200 second in the He's league. It's too good. And He's Connor McDavid good. and Drysight finish in the top five every year yeah. in scoring. So yeah, it's a legitimate concern. Let's take a break. Coming up, will the Niners lose their fourth straight on Sunday?
1: And should we expect more from Caitlin Clark, Paige Beckers, or Angel Reese this season? Women's college hoops, worth watching every night. I've, men's college I they hoops. At-
0: Pardon the interruption is presented by Crown Royal. Live generously and life will treat you royally. Please drink responsibly. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You are watching Pardon the Interruption, presented by Crown Royal, part of Happy Hour.
2: It's time for Toss Up. Two men enter, one man leaves, finishes the show then gets ready to root on Wisconsin in this big game against Northwestern tomorrow. That's a funny line. What's first? Toss-up, which team are you leaning toward on Sunday? The 49ers or the Jaguars? Mike, I'm leaning towards the 49ers, even though they are playing on the road, even though they are playing against a team in Jacksonville with a better record than they have, 6-2. and two. Uh, And even though this is such an important regular season game for Jacksonville, it's a reputation-making game. Both teams are coming out of a bye, so I think that balances everything out. But, I, I, you know, I, I really like the 49ers, and I think coming out of a bye is better for them. They get the taste of those three losses in a row out of their system. They're going to get Debo Samuel. They may get Trent Williams. They apparently now have Chase Young. Um, I'm not saying Jacksonville can't win because I love Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he can win the game, and it's possible Brock Purdy will continue his slump In the last three games, he's had, I believe, five interceptions and a fumble. But if you
1: ask me where I'm leaning, I'm leaning to San Francisco. Yeah, Tony, I think I am, too. Part of it is I I just can't see the 49ers, this group of 49ers, with Trent Williams if he plays, with Chase Young fortifying that already tremendous defensive line, and with Debo Samuel back coming off a bye week. I, I can't really see them losing a fourth straight game. Now, that that may be naive on my part because Jacksonville's good. Jacksonville, look, it's possible Jacksonville could be the best team in the AFC. It's possible. I mean, you take Kansas City right now over them if we were ranking the teams. But Jacksonville's right there, and this game's at home. And when I first started thinking about this game, I thought, oh, this game must be in San Francisco. You can see, because it's happened for 60 years, these big games playing out in San Francisco – you know, no longer candlestick, but still. But this game's in Jacksonville, Tony, and this, this is the kind of game that sets your reputation at least for it does. a few weeks if Regular the Jaguars sure. are now going to occupy, you know, a spot sure. in that sort of consideration. Agreed. So this is a game I'm really looking forward to Sunday. What's next.
2: Toss-up, which player do you expect more from this season? Caitlin Clark, Paige
1: Beckers, or Angel Reese?
2: Okay, I don't expect anything from Paige Beckers. She was hurt all last year. She was hurt the year before. She hasn't played in over a year. To me, the Paige Beckers narrative is about hope, not expectations. I expect more from Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark has the ball in her hand all the time. Caitlin Clark has gone over 40 a number of times. She went 44 last night, Mike on a neutral site against a team rated in the top 10. Amazing. You know, I understand she shot 13 to 31, but she got to the line enough to make 13 foul shots. 44 is a lot of points. Angel Reese, a great player, and she won the national championship. But she doesn't have the ball in her hands all the time. She's dependent upon other people in LSU to get her the ball. I'm not saying Iowa will beat LSU. I'm saying that I expect more out of
1: Caitlin Clark. Yeah, I can't separate Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese. They do different things. You're right. And Paige Becker, yeah. she, she, we gotta allow her some time to come back from a significant injury. Period. That's right. So we're setting her aside for now. She's got more eligibility. We'll we'll, we'll see her. Hopefully, she's great again. She's been Player of the Year once. But man, Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, Tony can affect the game, impact the game without having the ball in her hands. 14 rebounds last night. She, I mean, she listen. The great thing about the two of them is they are both talented, great players. They are dynamic, charismatic personalities. Each of them plays for some, you know, fanatic fan base and rises right. to the occasion to do it. And each, when you see them post-game, they are just expressive and, 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 and engaged all the time. They are so great for college basketball. And let me say one more time, men's college basketball – I don't know anybody who's playing, and I don't care about them. Women's college basketball, all three of the ones you have mentioned, plus others like Kiki Rice at UCLA, I care about what they do, and I want to watch. They are must-viewing each week. The men, not so much. That's it. Let's take one last break. Still to
2: come, could number two Georgia get upset by number nine Ole Miss tomorrow?
1: And did James Madison just top its upset of Michigan State?
2: Thank you for mentioning Kiki Rice. I had a bet with one of the people on the show that you would find a way to do that, and I'm going to be able good. to collect. I'm happy on Good. That. That's yeah. good. It's like...
0: Pardon the interruption is presented by Crown Royal. Live generously and life will treat you royally. Please drink responsibly.
2: Happy time, people. Happy 75th birthday on Sunday, Cliff Harris. The Cowboys Hall of Fame free safety played 10 years in the NFL, all for Dallas and all for Tom Landry. Despite being undrafted, Harris was first team all pro three times and went to six Pro Bowls. Harris played in the first great era of the Cowboys. In his 10 years, Dallas went to five Super Bowls and won two, beating the Dolphins in 1971 and the Broncos in 1977. Those were Cowboys like Roger Staubach, Drew Pearson, Tony Dorsett, Randy White, Harvey Martin, Bob Hayes. The Cowboys' second great era was in the 90s with Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, and Emmett Smith. The Cowboys have not been great
1: since despite so many talk shows wanting them to be. Tony, if you're gonna talk about Cliff Harris, you gotta mention his tag team partner, his safety, Charlie Waters. I mean, those guys, they hit you. That's a different era of football, too. They would hit you. I didn't think they were any better than Fentick and Plank, but nonetheless, two great players who played a long time together for Dallas. Happy
2: anniversary, Frank Reich. On this day 39 years ago, Reich engineered what was at the time The greatest comeback in NCAA history, when he led the University of Maryland back from a 31-0 halftime deficit and beat Miami 42-40 in Miami. Reich still holds the record for greatest comeback in NFL playoff history. He led the Buffalo Bills back from 32 down against the Houston Oilers in 1993. Reich stayed in football and became a highly respected quarterbacks coach, then a head coach. He's currently coaching the Carolina Panthers, who were beaten by the Bears last night. Reich's alma mater, Maryland, is 5-4 four with four straight losses, including one to Wilbon's alma mater, Northwestern. The
1: Terps are at Nebraska tomorrow, hoping to secure bowl eligibility. Tony, as you know, I covered that game in Miami in the Orange Bowl for the Washington Post. Chuck Fossett, the big, tough, tough linebacker yeah. from Maryland, his reaction summed it up. He looked up at the scoreboard at the end of it and saw 42-40. He rocked one way, he rocked the other way, and he fainted. Fainted right there on the field. Yes. Wow. That was the lead of my Happy trails to Kent
2: State's... I'll repeat myself. Happy trails to Kent State's five-point lead with just 3.8 seconds left. Once again, James Madison gets a big win in overtime. First it was at Michigan State, last night at Kent State. JMU's Noah Friedel scored five points in the last 3.8 seconds of regulation. First, he oh. a three, then after an offensive foul by Kent State as they inbounded the ball, Tridell was all alone for a lay-in to force the first overtime. There was a second overtime as well. James Madison ended up winning 113-108. Not only did JMU break Kent State's hearts, but they broke the Golden Flashes' 23-game home winning streak as well.
1: How cool a time is it for James Madison right now? You and I are about the only two people in the whole audience, anybody watching, who knows where James Madison is. We've both been there. I been mean, there on some big games, well, actually. Well, I'll tell you somebody else who knows,
2: because he's a graduate, our friend who? Steve Buckhans. Buck. He Buckhans, That's he right. went to JMU. That's right, he is. Yeah, he went yeah. to JMU. Yeah, but I still don't think, Mike, I still don't they think should. a bowl game is fair. I because- do, no, I think be- they should be in a bowl game. Come on now. But the rule they sign is the rule they sign. Here we it's go changing. to the big finish. Let's do it. Several big college
1: football games tomorrow. Are you smelling any upsets? One, I'm gonna take Utah, which is 18th ranked, to beat Washington in Seattle. Huh? You like that? Giannis well, hate Washington. had 54, hate but two big turnovers you down do. the stretch. Them. Bucks lost to the Pacers. The Pacers are good. Is that a significant result, Tony? I don't think so because Damian Lillard didn't play. And also,
2: I seem to recall Michael Jordan getting 63 in a game and losing yeah. once, right?
1: Yes, yeah, true. 63. Yep.
2: Robert Williams, the third of the Blazers, will reportedly undergo nah. season ending right ah. knee
1: surgery. Your reaction? Tony, he's a terrific talent, but his body doesn't seem to be made for this. He just doesn't hold up. College hoops tonight. Number 12, Arizona, at number two, Duke. You excited for that? you going to watch? Yeah, I I, I am going to watch
2: it, but much like you, I don't know any of the players anymore. Because if you're good, you leave right away. I just don't know them. Last one. NWSL final tomorrow.
1: OL Reign and Gotham FC. Your thoughts. How many times can Megan Rapinoe have a final match? I've heard this like four times. And Megan Rapinoe's final match. Here we go again. One more final match. Well, she's good at it. We're out of time. She's good. Trying to do better the next time. time. I'm Tony Kornhauser. And I'm Mike Wilbon. Have a great weekend, knuckleheads. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app,